I could not disagree with you guys more. <laughs> I didn't want to see it this way. It is this way. I think it's uh it's it's not good for us and it might be a little bit confrontational to say so, but <laughs> I personally wish it hadn't gone down that way. Welcome to the Tom Story Show with Steve Karish and Tom Story, where we discuss everything real estate or whatever else is on our minds. Steve, you good? Yeah, because okay. I'm going to get right. here, man. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Tom Story Show. This is a very special episode, actually the first time we've had two guests virtually, so we're testing this out for the first time, and uh, we've already had about a 20-minute chat <laughs> during technical issues, but I appreciate you all being back here today. Um, this episode is going to be very much like real estate agent focused, a little bit inside baseball of what's happening in the industry right now. If you're watching us on YouTube, I want to say thank you. I hope you are having an amazing day, and if you have not already steve remind me how many people watch every week but don't subscribe what's the number we are at 65 percent non-subscribed so and, get subscribing click that button that, look we're we're looking like the brady bunch here <laughs> this is perfect like come on no wrong way sorry this way there you go subscribe yeah. to the new tom story show brady bunch channel um and if you're listening on the audio platforms, because I know a lot of people do that as well, I will. I hope you're having a great day if you're listening on Sunday or whatever day of the week you're listening on. Okay, into today's show. I'm very, very excited to introduce uh, two women at the top of the real estate industry in very, very powerful positions that are making change. And I think real estate in general in Canada, we never have a dull moment. Ontario real estate, Toronto real estate, the biggest real estate board in the world. Uh, whenever something happens, not everybody agrees on it. And I think today we're going to try to clear up some of the things that are going on right now. So Tanya Ardenozzi has joined the show and Stacey Evoy. Welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you. Okay. You Thanks for having did, us. Wait, did, didn't, didn't we say it was Tanya? Tanya, I'm so sorry. I'm literally, oh, I say Steve's name worst, wrong half the time. He is the worst with names. <laughs> it's never good. So Tanya, I'm I sorry. I'm very much looking forward to this, though. So for the people that don't know, um, I don't know if you guys know. I don't know if I told you this, but I'm not an Ontario realtor. I'm a BC realtor. So uh, the topic we're going to discuss today, very inside baseball, very industry. So our, our podcast is not only about the market, but also about the industry and then whatever else we want to talk about. Um, so this is going to be inside baseball as they get. And I'm happy because I have no horse in this race. So I get to sit on the sidelines and discuss. I also have no idea what's going on. So I'm really interested to discover as we go here exactly what we're going to be talking about, because I hear this is a hot topic amongst real estate agents in Ontario. So what we're going to discuss for the bulk of this episode is going to be the Ontario Realtor uh, Wellness Program. But Tanya, just to start for the people that are watching or listening, kind of what's what's your background in the industry and your your current position with OREA is 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 president, correct? Right. So I've been involved in organized real estate since 2014. Okay. I started with the Berrien District Association of Realtors and uh, was president there in 2019 and joined ARIA in 2020. And I'm currently the uh, 2023 president of the Ontario Real Estate Association. 
And what what's the real estate kind of background? You you own brokerages kind of across Ontario, correct? Right. Yep. So I'm the broker owner for Coldwell Banker, the real estate center. I have eight offices from Toronto all the way to Muskoka. So I do a lot of driving and uh, I know the landscape of uh, Ontario really well. And then just real estate in general, like how long in the industry? So I got my license when I was pregnant with my twins uh, in 2006. And I've uh, been a broker of record since 2013. And uh, I love it. I love real estate. I love training and coaching. uh, And I just love organized real estate as a whole. It's like something I've embraced. I have a banking background. That's where I started my career. So organized real estate married my banking and my you know, changing policy and working with realtors and impacting the community positively. So I just love it. It's like I'm in it and I feel like I'm making a difference. Yep. And it just helps me to, you know, get involved. Like I love helping people. Our uh, One of our good friends, Nolan Mathias, he calls owning a brokerage, he calls it adult daycare. Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> I love all my agents. It's amazing. And you know what? Yes. Great when answer. You're a broker Great record, answer. You know, you're a therapist, you're a friend, you're everything. You've got the skin for it. You're great. You don't, you find something else to do, but I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's never a day where your phone's not going off multiple times, putting out exactly. fires. So I commend what you do every single yes. day. Um, I've stuck just to the selling real estate side of things. That's all I can handle right now. Um, Stacy. Yeah. Uh, same question to you. How long in real estate? Um, what's your involvement in ARIA right now? Thank you, Tom. Uh, I've been a realtor. I just had my 20 year anniversary in March. Congrats. I've always sold in London, Ontario. I'm a broker. Uh, I'm, I work with Royal LePage and uh, I started in organized real estate in 2008. I was the president of London in 2016, and I took a year off, and then I joined the ARIA board as a director, and I was the president last year in 2022. So this year, I'm the past president of ARIA, and I'm also the chair of the Realtor Wellness Task Force. Now, both of you brought up the word organized real estate. So a, a lot of people that maybe watch this don't really know what you mean when you say that. So Stacy, for someone watching, like me and Steve wake up every day we go and help our clients buy and sell properties, and then we go back home. You guys have a few more things going on throughout your day. So what propelled you to go into the organized side of it and trying to make change? So Tom, you and Steve are the 98% of realtors who like to just put their heads down and sell real estate. And Tanya and I do all the stuff that you guys don't wanna do. So uh, we lobby government uh, for change. Uh, we brought in personal real estate corps two years ago uh, to save you tax money. Uh, we um, lobby with government affairs on local issues that are happening that affect housing, uh, affordability, um, standard forms that you use every day. Uh, ARIA does those. Both Tanya and I have chaired that task force. Um, we do communications, all member communications, to keep you guys abreast of changes in the industry. Uh, we work with CREA, our federal uh, board. We lobby with them. Uh, we work with them on things like realtor.ca. And then local boards, we help them with local issues, so municipal politics. Uh, we help realtors uh, run in campaigns if they're running for um, office, so we help with hmm. that. 
Um, but basically, uh, we are the ones who sort of the gatekeepers who sort of get a glimpse of everything as it's coming in the door and decide if it will be good for realtors or if it's just shiny object syndrome, which we're famous for having. Um, the one thing I want to bring up, because I, so I was just in Dallas for a conference in the States and all the booths in there was like, whether it was like Zillow or homes.com or realtor.com. And I'm like, the real estate board owns none of these. And they're basically just selling all the opportunities back um, throughout both of your time in organized real estate has keeping realtor.ca as part of us been a really big discussion that we're not selling that off to just the highest bidder. Tanya? Good question. Yeah. Um, we work really hard to make sure that realtor.ca stays part of the real estate community. Like it's, it's a, like it's just a pillar to what we do and having it being sold or you know other use it's not helping our canadian realtors yep. right so yeah. you know you're in bc you want to see what's happening in ontario because you got a client moving you don't want to have to pay fees or anything like that to get this access so it's really important that we keep it for realtors by realtors um, okay, so I promise I'm going to get into the wellness program after the next question. I just we, this is something that we've talked about with other realtors we've had on the podcast. Where the, so we just had someone on from Oakville, and they're a part of like multiple boards. And I guess when you put your listing on multiple boards, it it populates like two or three times on Realtor.ca. Is there anything we can do to fix that so you that clients are fix confused? that man? <laughs> so that, we don't that, have that in BC. Is that, is that an ongoing issue you guys are discussing or like, is it just, that's just the way this, this works? So Tom, I've not even heard about that as an issue. Oh. Um, so uh, that's a easy, it, that should just be that realtor.ca doesn't allow duplicates. Yep. Um, in organized real estate, I've honestly never heard of that before. We hear of mm. shortcomings uh, with realtor.ca, but often it's on the technology side. Uh, what I can tell you is in Canada, we're the envy of everywhere else in the world. As you know, uh, the U.S. sold off their MLS.com and it was the biggest mistake uh, that NAR ever made. Yeah. So uh, it's our biggest asset. You know, it's worth, you know, it's the number one site in Canada um, for real estate. So, it, you know, we have to hold on to it uh, as realtors. But I think that is an easy fix. The one you're asking about the duplicate. Yeah. Okay, so Tom, so, Tom sorry, let Steve, me yeah. break in here. I want to make sure that uh, because so many of our listeners are just consumers and then a lot of them are new agents. We know there's tons of new agents always coming into the business. So let's give it a little bit of an explanation. So you're a realtor. You work for a brokerage. The brokerage is a private company. What a lot of people don't understand is then the levels of organized real estate above that. So they, it's not just willy nilly. So then you have a board, which will usually be a geographic area, uh, a Above the boards, or I guess all of the boards combined, generally will form an association. So Aurea, or here we have uh, the BCREA, the, that is a the basically the, almost the group of boards or, or the all realtors as combined in the province and their organization. That's who's in charge of so much of the actual transactional stuff, like you said, like forms. My main channel on YouTube is all about forms and boringness, but trust me, it is the most crucial If you ever want to find something to fall asleep to, just go check just out Steve's watch videos. watch my <laughs> one, uh, a half hour on how to write a contract. Um, and then, uh, so, so that's kind of the amalgamation almost of the boards, even though kind of not really. And then a, 
so that's all agents still. So you have private business, the association above it kind of, and then on the top level is the regulator. So on the top level, uh, I guess, I don't know what you guys call it there. We have the BCFSA. We got RICO. We call it yeah, RICO. So, so that's actually the government or a government assigned body basically. So um, uh, is yours still government assigned or is yours self-governed? No, government, government assigned. Yeah. Okay. So ours was taken away. Ours was actually self-governed up until uh, a politician mm -hmm. tried to win an election and that didn't work out. So um, so that's just kind of how everybody, uh, I want people to understand. So business is there. Then the business owners associate together to get the business to work. And then above that is the government. So just to be clear, uh, and so everybody understands exactly the position you guys are coming from, which is the association or the almost, I view it as almost second from the top, even though their, their duties are different. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for that, Steve. I there you go. Organized real estate. I just learned. Um, okay. So <laughs> I'm just joking. That was great. That was really good. Um, okay. So what we're here for to talk about today is the Ontario Realtor Wellness Program, ORWP. Um, what does this mean? What is it? Can you break this down? Like from the very beginning, why was this happening? It was just introduced. I believe it's coming in early next year. Kind of, can you walk me through the thought process? Uh, Stacy? do you want to start with that? Sure. So uh, this has been actually talked about, Tom, uh, for the past uh, two decades. Uh, we have agents approaching us who are leaving the business and are saying, this is great, but where was it 20 years ago? Uh, in 2019, uh, Aria undertook a massive campaign where they went out and we had some surplus money and reserves and we were wondering how to spend the money and we wanted to hear from realtors on the street. The number one issue was a centralized MLS across the province and it still is. And the number two issue was bring us uh, some benefits and a health uh, plan. Uh, so it's been still talked about uh, since then. The pandemic happened and you know we were sort of in flight or fight mode. Um, but out of the pandemic, uh, one thing uh, that did emerge was uh, the need for to make sure realtors' mental health was taken care of. So that's sort of how this all spun out. Uh, during uh, the pandemic, we brought in LifeWorks. Uh, it was being utilized. Um, sadly, we did still lose some agents, and we never want that to happen again. So this feeling just emerged on having a safety net for realtors. So in January, we announced that we were going to strike a task force and take a look at this. So task force members were selected from all over the region. Every region in Ontario was covered. And Steve, we have 96,000 realtors in the province of Ontario representing 34 boards. And uh, Tom, the task force, we investigated, uh, we looked into, uh, we studied different models, we looked at what had been done in Alberta, we looked at the OMA, so the doctors, um, and then we got our own program in terms of, uh, you know, the standard plan, which is going to be mandatory starting in January, is the plan everyone will have. We spent the most time on that, realizing it would be the most important to realtors, weeks and weeks, and sometimes uh, meeting up to five times a week. So tons of time and energy went into this. We put out information. We did town halls. Uh, we had a vote on uh, June the 20th, and it passed with almost an 80% majority of our member boards uh, voting delegates. 
so uh, that's where we sort of are at today. We're in implementation mode now where we're just uh, working towards January, helping our boards, you know, with what they need and, uh, you know, going around the province. I'm doing a presentation today, um, just educating them on the benefits of the program. This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by Dormat.ca. Dormat.ca is Ontario's real estate lawyer. It's an online real estate law service that brings you from purchase agreement all the way through your closing. Dormat brings transparency, simplicity, and everything else good from the internet into the real estate transaction and your real estate law industry that typically feels like a black box that continuously just breeds anxiety and stress. For real estate agents licensed in Ontario, I've got a question for you. Are you tired of hearing about the property closing become official from your clients? That shouldn't be the case. You should be hearing it from the lawyer. If you sign up for Doormat Partners, you will get real-time updates on the progress of your client's transaction, and you will also unlock a $100 discount for the doormat fee for your clients. So if you're looking for insight for your client's property closing, sign up for doormats partner program and get real-time updates throughout the process. As a doormat partner, you'll get emails and texts to keep you up to date on the progress of your clients. If you're buying or selling a property or you're a real estate agent servicing Ontario, Canada, reach out to doormat today and let them know you found them from the Tom Story Show. And now back to the show. Now, I, I think the one thing that maybe the industry, because on the surface level, it's like this makes total sense, right? It's like we are self-employed. We don't have health insurance. For the period of time that my wife was in between jobs, I would go to the dentist and be like, damn, like <laughs> this is so expensive, right? And all these things start to add up and you don't realize it until you need it, right? Um, but then also there's a cost with all of this, right? So is the cost, do we know exactly what it's going to be moving forward that's adding to our OREA fees for this program? We absolutely do. So your dues are going to go from $110 to $760, Okay. And um, it's going to include uh, all of these benefits. And... So I don't even know because this isn't my world, but like if I was an individual person that went to go try to get this exact plan and I haven't looked into it in depth truthfully yet, um, what would it cost me if it was just one person versus 96,000 coming together to get this this health coverage? A lot. A lot, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would. And it's not only that, it's the fact that we've got this program now there's no medical questionnaire. You, um, so you won't have to do like the blood work and the doctor's appointments to get qualified. You know, you're automatically um, going to get the benefit even if you have a pre-existing condition. So it's, it's even more than just about the benefits of the program. It's about access to the program. So if you mm -hmm. had to do this on your own, um, and I know I did when I got my own insurance policy, when I got my kids, um, I had the medical person, nurse, come to the house, take blood, blood pressure, all these things, um, ask me about my medical history. So there's a risk there. You could be right. the healthiest millennial and there could be something and you wouldn't get qualified. So it's just more than what's being offered in the package. It's how you have access to the package. You don't have to do anything. You pay your due, 
you got the access. And you're good so to let, go. That's huge. Let me, let me understand this a little bit better. So your association fee before mm -hmm. or now, let's call it, is about a hundred bucks. And that is $110. $110 per year. Oh, okay. So, okay. So that's almost nothing. Um, and then now it's going up to like 700 bucks. 760. And the program is then, I'm sorry, I'm slowing this down for you, Tom, because I have no idea about this. Uh, so then the pro, not that it affects me, um, but I just want to understand it. So let's say we go up to 750. So you're increasing about 620, $630, whatever it is, $640. And that is a benefits package. That is a, or mm -hmm. a, uh, healthcare benefits package. What uh, maybe you could um, tell me how you describe it, and then tell me what's included for the members in that. Uh, I guess the the service that's now going to be provided. Okay, I so can basically do in the package, I'll start off. Stacy will finish off because she go. goes right into the nitty gritty of <laughs> okay. it all, and she's yeah. really good with the info. But on a high level. Um, there's a $100,000 life insurance policy. There's a $25,000 critical illness benefit. There's $2 million in uh, emergency travel insurance. So the travel insurance is extended to 80 years old, which is unheard of. Usually it stops at about 70. Um, the life insurance and the critical illness will reduce. Um, I believe it's at 65, Stacey, or 70? 65. 65, right. Um, so these are, and you keep it. It's there, right? So, you know, those are the high level. Um, those are the ones I like to talk about because that's what the people care about the most. But there's also, you know, uh, the medical benefit, the access to chiropractor, massage therapy. It's a wholesome package. Right, Stace? It is. Uh, yeah. So um, I'll just round out what Tanya said. Uh, it includes 500 in medical uh, supplies, 750 in prescriptions, 750 in what Tanya was talking about, chiropractor massage, unlimited mental health support with a physio with a psychotherapist, sorry, and uh, unlimited virtual health with a doctor or nurse who can prescribe medicine. Uh, do referrals. So say you lose your family doctor, you'd have like the in between to cover you because that's a problem in Ontario getting a family doc. So it's really everything uh, from the safety net down to um, the day by day. And then you do have the ability, Steve, to top up the plan. So the 659 per year is the starting everyone gets that. And then if you want to add things like uh, prescription eyeglasses or dental, obviously, those are the most expensive things. And we were trying to keep it cost effective. Uh, you can add those on you can add on your spouse, you can add on unlimited dependents. Um, you can add on life insurance and critical illness for your spouse, you can top up your life insurance and critical illness. So it's basically you start with the plan at 659 and then you can add on to it as you see fit or as your family needs. And one of the things that you had mentioned is that at 65, the coverage slightly changes, right? Once you go over 65. Um, I don't know what the average age of a realtor is in Ontario, but I've heard forever. It's like in the 50s, right? It's like people don't really retire. They fade off into the sunset in real estate. That's kind of what you see over a period of time. So 
for the realtors that are 64 years old today, probably saying initially like, yeah, this would have been great 20 years ago. I guess some of the criticism online has been like, well, this isn't really fair for me. I still have to pay this for everybody else. Am I subsidizing these other people just because I'm older? What would the response be to that? So, uh, Tom, that's a great question and one we've gotten a ton of times. Uh, first, I'll address your age of a realtor. So 20 years ago, when I came in the business, the average age of a realtor was in the high 50s. And we were surprised when we undertook this uh, exercise with so many millennials coming into the business, uh, the aging population of realtors has, is actually on the decrease. Uh, so uh, younger realtors, 30, 40, uh, 50, uh, would be uh, in the larger percentages and uh, over 65 and up. Um, we have realtors uh, in the business that are 90 years old. There's only a couple of those, but there wow. are a few. So um, with regards to the reducing coverage, everyone knows as you age, you know, you're more susceptible to having health problems. So insurance benefits actually increase in price as you age. So the idea that 65 year olds are subsidizing 30 year olds, it's just not true. That's a myth. Um, but also, um, we were able to get, uh, because of our 96,000 strong, we were able to get the age banding increase. So where with uh, critical illness, you would typically not be able to obtain that benefit past age 60 or 65 on the street. Uh, we were able to get that increase to age 70, but it does decrease in half at age 65. So it's still a huge benefit. If you tried to buy that one benefit on the street, you'd be paying hundreds of dollars a month just for that one thing. The great thing is the life insurance, as long as you're a realtor, you will always have that. So as long as you're a working realtor, it, it, doesn't, um, it doesn't cut off at a certain age. Uh, it does uh, decrease um, as well as the critical illness and the travel ends at age 80. But even if you were an 80 year old uh, realtor, you would still have all the health benefits, so 750 in prescription drugs, 750 in paramedical, and then 500 in supplies. And you'd also still have the life insurance benefit for you or your family. Well, I'm either going to blame or give credit to selling Sunset for the age of the industry getting a little bit lower because they make it look too easy. <laughs> and that's not the reality, right? Um, okay, so I okay. think like the, the biggest question here and the biggest thing that I've seen online uh, the main pushback from you know percentage of the industry is, well, just give us a, a, an opportunity to opt out. The mandatory seems to be the thing that everyone's kind of having. The, the people that do have an issue, that's what their issue is. Was there any discussion about creating an opt out? Is it still on the table or is it just like this thing's happening? It's mandatory. This is what it is. Uh, I guess open to whoever wants to answer. Tom, I'll answer. So uh, it is the biggest question uh, that we get. Uh, you know, post pandemic, no one likes the word mandatory. I can't mm. deny it. You know, it's just a fact. Uh, we it was an all or nothing. So it wasn't, uh, you know, we didn't price it out and say, well, what would it be if only 60,000 wanted to take it? And here's the single biggest reason why we're a provincial association and we have a membership of 96,000. So any service or benefit that we bring into ARIA has to benefit every individual realtor. So the number one condition of our program when we set out to do it was no medicals and no health questionnaires. That's almost unheard of in the insurance world. This is like life changing for realtors who have a pre-existing condition 
who now will be eligible to have health benefits, have um, life insurance where they typically couldn't. So with the mandatory, we become a class of uh, people or a group, they call it in the insurance world. So we're a group of 96,000. And basically how I can easily describe it is you have one healthy person and one sick person and they cancel each other out. But in a group, there's more healthy than there are sick. And that's how they're able to do the no health questions and no um, like no uh, canceling you from the program if you have say diabetes. And if you have diabetes, they're not going to say, well, we'll cover you on everything except diabetes, which is what happens if you go to get insurance on the street. So it was an all or nothing. We're a membership association. So for us, if people weren't eligible to join, then it was not a service uh, that ARIA could provide. We also did get a scale of economies. Having 96,000 strong was the only way we could get this for $659 per year or $55 per month. Um, and then we mentioned it earlier, but the age banding was also really important because you touched on uh, realtors. We think of them as being older and we wanted to make sure we weren't leaving them out of the equation. So for example, something that cut off at age 60, you know, people would have been up in arms and said, well, you didn't uh, support us. Uh, this is of no benefit to us. So we went for something that, you know, spoke to the masses and uh, we're really happy and we think we've done something great for our membership. Tanya, I guess, why do you think when you guys launch this, why do you think there's there's been so much feedback? Uh, did you expect the feedback um, or was this kind of surprising? Because because like realistically, if everyone was just 100 percent on board, we're probably not having this conversation. Right. Because it's just it is what it is. Right. We're trying to educate people here. That's what this podcast is. Um, why are people so passionate about this? You know, we've gotten a lot of feedback. You're right. Um, I like to say for every negative feedback we've received, I've gotten a story from someone who says, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my career. Mm. I've heard from an agent who has a blood disorder, can't get insurance, period. Calls, calls me up and says, I don't care if it reduces at 65. I'm gonna get life insurance. It's all I've ever wanted to do is to have it. So, you know, for every negative, there's a positive. And so I just look at, I respect everybody's feelings um, everybody has their own life situation, but as a whole, this is a great thing for our industry. I've had people 20 that have been in the business 50 years say, where have you been? <laughs> like, why didn't this come out sooner? Um, and then you have somebody who says, don't tell me what to do. Right. And I understand both sides of the spectrum, but as a whole, we're 96,000 realtors. This is going to benefit everyone in some, you know, shape or form in their life. And that's a positive. Um, you know, we worked really hard to make sure we make a positive impact for all our realtors. I'm the first one that campaigned, I care about realtors. I want to help them any way I can. This is amazing. Sometimes people have a hard time getting there, and I respect that. Everybody has their own journey. If I can answer your questions, help you bring, bring you closer to understanding what we're doing and why we're doing it. I'll spend all the time doing that. Lots of questions have come in. We've got a 45 page document with as many answers as possible. If there are 
people who have specific situations, they've emailed us, we've gone to the insurer. Like we are really paying attention to make sure we can help everybody when this gets implemented in January 1, 2024. So I believe in this program so much and I believe in helping realtors um, and everybody has a right to their opinion, but it's a good thing. Like it is a really good thing. You don't know what you need until you need it. Fair enough. And so I, I'm just really behind it. And I've gotten a lot of great feedback as well. I was, oh, yes. uh, what I was kind of curious of is like, so I'm one of the people that like, I relied on my wife's benefits, right? Like the, I've, the last 10 years of me selling real estate, that's what I've relied on. I would guess, and you guys would have more data than me that like a good percentage of the industry may have been doing that previously. Um, and I think some of the feedback is, well, my spouse already has benefits. I like what they've got. And then some people that went really into the weeds, I guess, kind of found out that like, well, if you get this new insurance, it might actually cancel out the one you already had. And there was all these concerns. Is that is that a valid concern that people are having or are they safe with both of these now moving forward? Tom, I'll answer that. We have yet to find a case uh, where uh, folks would lose existing coverage. So uh, we've asked for them to bring these cases or situations forward uh, so that we can have them examined uh, by our broker. Um, we have yet to find a case of that. Uh, this was not meant for people to have less benefits going forward. It was meant to supplement and give them more uh, benefits going forward. Um, so, for example, for yourself, where uh, your wife has benefits, and we have heard that uh, most often, and everyone is a little bit different, most often it will cover you on things like the prescriptions and like visits to a massage therapist or physio, uh, but it won't cover you on life insurance. It won't cover you on critical illness. And critical illness, just in case you're not familiar with that, that's the one where if you get one of 26 uh, ailments, they just write you a check for 25000 So it's oh. going to be life-changing for realtors because what it would allow you to do is even just take a month or two to say, you know what, I need to focus on my health. I'm an independent uh, contractor. I'm a one-person show. I don't have a whole team. And I want to focus on my health. I have kids and uh, I want to be able to get healthy so that I can come back to the business. And in the past, Tom, what we relied upon was our coworkers or a friend in the office, which is great. But now our realtors will actually have that safety net in place. The one of the I got two more questions. I'm sorry, I'm peppering you here, Steve. I, do you want to jump in? I have lots of questions because I'm a meat, <laughs> meat and potatoes person. Um, so. I just want to clarify a couple of things because you're for sure going to get objections. Now, I come from a, a place, like I said, this doesn't affect me at all. It's not my association. Um, but I do come from a place where uh, over-insurance is, is a good thing, right? Uh, Tom and I have this argument all the time because he's a variable rate guy. I'm a fixed rate guy. I want to know what, I, what I'm going to pay and, and what coverage I have. Um, so let me just ask you a question. So you said that dental, for instance, was an add-on. So right now we've got prescription, we've got massage, we've got mental health, which I think is fantastic. Um, we got life insurance, we got travel insurance. Let's, I mean, if I was there, I might just keep it just for the travel insurance. If I or keep my license just for the travel insurance, because we all know that gets tough after about 65 years old. Um, so what is the add-on? If I had a dental add-on, what type of money would we be talking there? And then second to that, do does that coverage or 
all of these other coverage extend just to me or to my dependents as well? So, uh, Steve, all of the add-ons, uh, they apply to just you first, but then you have the choice of adding on uh, one dependent. And so it's not specified. It could be a spouse or a child because, say, I'm a single mom or unlimited dependents. Those are the choices. So the plan that we're talking to you guys about is a standard plan. It's $659 a year. Then you can go to the enhanced plan, the elite plan, or the super elite plan, and all of them tier up in terms of what they offer. But all of them above the standard plan offer eyeglasses, offer dental, it's just different amounts, your prescriptions increase, your paramedical increases, you have other goodies like instead of 30 days of travel unlimited times per year, you have 60. It adds on cancellation insurance, trip insurance, baggage insurance. So there's all kinds of goodies with the three add-ons. So um, I knew you were gonna ask me this question and I really thought I should look at this chart before I come on this call today. I'm just going off memory. Uh, but to go from the standard plan to add on the dental and the vision in the uh, first uh, tier, you'd be going from 55 a month to 110. Okay, so I wanna give people a little bit of uh, background from, from my point of view, someone who does no longer have any benefits. Uh, my wife used to work at a company that had a great benefits package. It included dental, it included prescription, uh, we generally didn't have to pay for anything out of pocket. It was included in her compensation. She went off on maternity leave and their rule was uh, we will continue uh, or sorry, we will reimburse you for the time you're off. So she went off for a year two times. And when she went off for that year two times, she did get reimbursed after being back for like six months or whatever it was. But we had to pay out of pocket by the month for that benefits package. That for our family, now we are a family of three and then four, it was $660 per month. Now that did include uh, the dental. So I'm assuming if we're up at 150, so you're doubling, so you're talking $1,200 a month, whatever it is. So, or sorry, a year in your situation. So to me, I really was hoping to come on here and be like, hey, uh, let's point out the flaws and maybe uh, understand the arguments of the people that are against this. But so far, Tom, I'm not seeing a downside. So what I my question is actually for Tom. Tom, what are the big uh, objections that you're hearing behind the scenes, not to the sure. public facing, everybody's got a smile on like our guests do right now. But like, honestly, when the, is this just... <laughs> Is there's this just two. Just... There's two. There's two. It's but, okay. mandatory, okay, yeah. mandatory, and then the other one is well, we are independent contractors, so we're not employees, so we shouldn't be told that we have to do something. That those are the, the really those are the that's what it comes mm -hmm. down to. I think the rest, everyone's kind of like, yeah, this is pretty good. I think those are the two in which I've been told, and I've stayed pretty even keel on this overall. I, I'm for it. Like I'll just say that publicly, but. I wanted to have you on to have this discussion because I know there's people that I really respect that aren't for it. And so maybe on that independent contractor side, I think, because we've already talked about the mandatory, what what are the discussions, what the answers been to people that bring up that question? So, um, Steve, that was a great question uh, to put Tom on the hot seat. And uh, 
It is true. The two, I would say the two or three biggest things, Tom, are the mandatory, the um, the over age 65, are they losing benefits? And then like I have coverage elsewhere and, you know, I don't really need this and please don't force it uh, on me. Uh, realtors as a whole, they've never had benefits. So, you know, we think that in 10 years, people are going to look back on now and say this was a life changing and altering moment in real estate. And our task force felt really passionate about that 10 years from now, people were going to look back and say this was the best thing that ever happened to organize real estate. I mean, at every juncture, at some point, teachers brought in a benefits package. And I'm sure, you know, they had the same uproar of people saying, you know, we don't want this or we have coverage through our spouse or trade associations. And what we're asking people to do is look at it as your your provincial association dues. So to be a professional, which all of us want, are going to $760 per year. They come with this whole suite of benefits that if you want to use them, great. They're there and available for you. Ever since I came into organized real estate, Tom, in 2008, realtors have been talking to me about raising the bar on professionalism. Doctors, lawyer, physiotherapists, accountants, I could go on and on. All the people that we'd like to align ourselves with pay thousands of dollars a year to their provincial associations. And what do they get for it? Nothing. I don't know, yeah. Literally nothing. Like lawyers don't even get a sign on to like a website. They write a check every year for 2000 or 2500 to the Law Society and it's to be a lawyer. This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by the Agent Confidential Live. On October the 26th in Toronto, we are doing a full day event for real estate agents. Let's call it what it is. Sales volume is down. Interest rates are probably going to stay higher for longer than a lot of people think. And if you're serious about your business, this is the place you want to be. Now, I know some people listening or watching this show are not real estate agents. But hey, tell your real estate agent they gotta be at this event. Listen to this speaker lineup. Eric Simon, AKA the broke agent, AKA the guy that runs BAM. He's flying all the way over to headline this conference. Kaylee Heaps, the number one team leader in Royal LePage Canada out of 20,000 people. Matt Leonetti, Shay Warrington, who's the number two individual agent in Canada. Nolan Mathias, the YouTube GOAT. Anna Oliver, Brad McCallum, Emma Pace, Natalie McGuire. I mean, come on, this list is insane. Oh, also, yeah, me and Steve are speaking at this, this event also, but don't worry, go for the other people. October the 26th, it's happening in Toronto. The seats actually legitimately are limited. We don't have that many, I'm not just saying that. So if you're interested in your ticket, make sure to go into the show notes or in the description if you're watching this on YouTube and sign up. This is gonna be an event you're not gonna wanna miss if you're a real estate agent in Toronto. And now, back to the show. We want to raise the professionalism of the industry. And this is one of the ways that we thought we're bringing a great benefit to realtor members. The, um, the final question that I have was just about the, the cost. So the 659 a year, I understand inflation is a real thing. We've been fighting it for the last 18 months. Is it 659 guaranteed for the next X amount of years or will that change over a period of time if our membership grows or goes down? Does, does that number change? So it's 659 
uh, right now, and we've got a commitment to that price for three years. Okay. The good thing here, Tom, is that we have 96,000 realtors. We have the negotiating power to keep the cost in and around that amount all the time. We will always be working in the benefit of our membership to keep those costs lower. And while keeping those costs lower, even maybe, you know, as time goes on, trying to add on. But we've got this commitment for three years. It's a great commitment. And we will work very, very hard after the three years to keep it relatively yeah. like that. And then I'll give you yeah. just a, a what if, and I'm sorry if this is an annoying question. It's just like, I you know you guys have probably heard everything. <laughs> Um, but it's like, okay, so let's say in three years, I don't, for whatever reason, the insurance company is like, now it's 1500 bucks. And as, uh, as Aria looks at this with all the members and you, you guys go, well, now it no longer makes sense. Is it like a three-year contract where you could then as an organization opt out after that? Or I know that's not the goal, obviously, but if worst case were to happen, is that something that you guys could go elsewhere to find the coverage? So that really isn't the goal, Tom, because the whole idea is like Tanya has coverage externally for her family. I have coverage for my family. If people are going to abandon their coverage, because what we found is even people who have coverage, like Steve talked about outside of this, when they've really looked at this plan, our Rolls Royce of plans is $300 a month. So where Steve talks about six. 60 or whatever, uh, if they're going to abandon their coverage, we need to have something there. So our hope is that once realtors have this, they're never going to want to let it go. This is the reason uh, that we did the RFP for the broker. So think of it like your mortgage broker. Uh, and yes, you, you we have the option after three years to switch insurers. We would have the option okay. to switch brokers. Um, however, this broker has so much uh, experience in the space of real estate and insurance. So for example, uh, they uh, have been um, the broker for TREB, managing their program for the last 20 years. And what you have been able to get at your board is more things added in for less cost than you were paying when they started managing your portfolio. So mm. our hope is that that would continue. But if an insurer comes back in three years and says, we're going to increase our premium, our broker would then go out and try to find that elsewhere in the marketplace. And like Tanya said, with the 96,000 strong, we're confident uh, that our pricing uh, is not going to increase exponentially. That's not the hope or drive of this exercise. Steve, I, I've got all my questions out. You got anything left? <laughs> I'm really like, I'm struggling to come up with a, with a yeah, but um, I think yeah, the more, as, as I'm sitting here thinking about this, I just think like if you're not into a benefits package, the only real uh, objection is, uh, like you said, don't tell me what to do. Well, there's always going to be those people. There's always don't tell me what to do people. Um, Sorry, you got to be in the association. Uh, that is part of the the membership, um, or part of having a license. You guys should have Steve come do your uh, press for you. Jeez, <laughs> the no, because because the, the <laughs> negative people aren't going to like me much right now if they don't like this. But I, I'm just thinking, like you're thinking, you're coming, you're part of an association, and then you're thinking, like, what's in it for me? And there is something in it for you, but you you then don't need those services or you don't feel you need those services. Um, 
I'm just, I'm really trying to rack my brain on why I wouldn't want to do it. I mean, I, I would assume the reason people don't really want to do it is because they're afraid of the cost for the benefit. And I mean, uh, this is not the opinion of organized real estate. This is my sole opinion. It may be that just those people aren't selling that much real estate. So as a result, they're worried about the every little expense, right? Maybe they're, they're part-time or maybe they've got another something else going on. And I just view it as, I mean, I would assume, uh, I know it would be this way in my board area, there's probably a, a significant portion of agents that already have a job that has coverage. So if that's the case, and then, and then their spouse, so they don't want to add that uh, a cost on top. But my thought from actually being in the, the business now for 15 years, and now we're a few years into having no coverage. I mean, like I said, I'm, I, I'm a coverage person anyway, except for electronics on uh, electronic warranties. I'll tell you about that on the side story. Uh, never buy the warranty for electronics. Um, but I just, I, I just view it as, as a great thing because, for instance, I, I'm sure we've all done it. Uh, when we've we have walked into the office, I mean, if you're broker owner here on the on the call, right? Um, mm -hmm. You do have those people who get devastated by something. You yeah. do have you do hear those stories, and let, let me tell you something just just simple. I had no idea what prescriptions cost until my wife quit her job, and now I know how much prescriptions cost, and. I mean, if you really Steve hate the can't, system, Steve I, can't even see us right now. He can't afford his glasses. We're just blurs. <laughs> I actually have an eye appointment coming up on <laughs> a couple. Um, but no, like those costs are real. Now I do have dental costs. That's real. Um, but prescriptions, I didn't even understand. Like for instance, you know, you stopped going for for Cairo and massage and all that stuff when my wife's uh, package ended for us, and. I was better off before when we had that coverage. So um, I don't want to look like a, a, a shill or a poster child here, but personally, guys, I think what you're doing is fantastic, and I would want to opt into it. Um, I'm sure uh, after this episode comes out, if you want to know the real objections, if people really care, I would encourage you. I never encourage people to read the comments, but I'm going to encourage you to read the comments because I would I would want to see those objections. I encourage people that are listening that are realtors to this to put your objections into the comments because I want to see other than there's nothing in it for me. I don't see the um, the objection personally um, because the cost is unbelievably good in my estimation um and i feel like you guys are like so everybody's gonna be like you guys are paying steve to say this i i just don't see a downside and i'm generally asked tom i'm not a generally happy he's normally person, the so. negative guy so. <laughs> <laughs> but i do appreciate it I'm confused. He's, it's role reversal today yeah i i definitely do appreciate like the the thought that um i could get something out of my fees, even if the fees are higher. I mean, personally, here's a here's a thought that nobody loves when they're a realtor. I think my fees should be much higher. And the reason is I want my associations to do more for me, so I have to do less of it. 
and I can just, like you said at the beginning of the call, focus in on on selling real estate and making more money. So I want those things to be greater. But the unfortunate side to that is the agents, I guess, that are not doing a lot of transactions or struggling in the business are going to be opposed to these things because they just are, are having trouble just getting to the next step. So I understand that. I guess I'm slightly sympathetic towards it and this is where I'm going to totally switch on a dime here and say if that's your business model well we need to have a talk right like we need to be doing uh, more transactions and you need to get better at being in business but I, I don't know I'm I was really hoping to take the negative side of this guys but <laughs> I, I got nothing to say um Okay, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. And by the way, I appreciate both of you being here and, and sitting on the hot seat. And I think this has been a really fun discussion. And I'm, I'm hoping that because I know, you know, people will listen to this episode, they'll have their opinions. And I hope that at least they can understand, like, both of you showed up and you answered. It. And I think it's great. I think having these open discussions is what we need, right? We can't just all be hiding behind in our Facebook group saying things to each other. Like, let's openly have these conversations. Um, I'm assuming that your hands are pretty full for the rest of 2023 launching this program. Is there something next for Oria? Is there another thing on the docket that's third on the list? Like what's after this happens and it launches next year, um, what's kind of the next big thing for the industry? That's a great question. I'll tell you, we're not just working on ORWP right now. Right. Oria's in big movement right now. We've got Tressa phase two coming out. True. Right. And it's huge. So, you know, this is uh, good for the personal realtor, for their personal life. We're also working on helping the profession. Like we're, Tressa phase two will change the way we do real estate business. And like that has taken up equally as much time as ORWP has because we're so committed to getting it right for realtors that that'll take us into the new year as well. So we've got two major projects we're working on, ORWP, Tressa Phase 2, you know, changing the way you're going to work uh, and trade and organize real estate, right? How you yep. deal with buyers and sellers. These are big things. And we're hoping realtors are paying attention to that as well because that is really the immediate impact to their business. As a broker owner, I can tell you, educating our realtors on how to navigate this new uh, business of real estate and dealing with clients, it's really important. Um, in BC, you guys are already kind of there. We're in a little bit of a happier medium than you guys are. Uh, so our implementation is not as um, as hard as theirs is. But, you know, that's Aria working hard with the Real Estate Council of Ontario, with the government of Ontario, to make sure that we're being respectful to realtor needs, how they trade in real estate, and how we protect consumers. Lots of work went into that. And we're still working on it. So these are the two major things right now. And, you know, Aria is forever changing. So who knows what the next great right. big thing is going to be when it comes up. And uh, Stacy, any final thoughts on just kind of everything we've talked about today? Wrap it up with a bow. Uh, it was just great to be here with you. Uh, honestly, we're we're really thankful for the respectful uh, dialogue. Uh, you know, like Tanya said, uh, we respect everyone's opinion. We knew uh, people weren't going to be in favor of the program. We're happy to talk to them. We think there's a lot of myths out of there and a lot of people that we have had the chance to speak to. Uh, once they understand the program and see the benefits for them, they see what's in it for them. And Steve, the last thing I'd just touch upon is that realtors give back in uh, larger droves than any other profession. 
And the thing people need to think about is even if I looked at this program and I said, you know what, there's really nothing in this for me. I'm healthy. I don't use prescriptions. You know, I'm not planning on dying. I don't have any family to leave the money to anyway. There's truly nothing in it for me. This is going to be life changing for the receptionist in your office who has two kids who lost benefits, uh, you know, through a marital breakdown or is widowed. Uh, it's going to be life changing for someone who has a pre-existing condition and now can get coverage. So at the end of the day, it's about our fellow man, too. And uh, for me, I'd pay six hundred and fifty nine dollars to never do another GoFundMe campaign again all day long. Something you just brought up there. Sorry, I didn't ask about this. So a receptionist that's not that doesn't have a real estate license that works at a brokerage also gets this insurance. So it's extended to brokerages. We'll have the opportunity to take the same plans. Okay. Uh, wow. uh, and also you as an independent. So Tom, say you're a working realtor and you have your own secretary. You'll be able to extend it to your assistant as well. Even if they don't have a real estate license. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay, I didn't well, know that. Well, Tom, Tom, uh, the story team is now offering benefits for <laughs> yeah. anybody that's looking. So my job description just got a lot better looking. Yeah, <laughs> this, this has been absolutely awesome. I want to go. We do have a couple more minutes here, so I just want to go off topic. Um, and this is okay. So that conversation's done. This is back into real estate. Um, on a recent episode uh, of our show, I told Tom I thought he was absolutely insane because I thought the Bank of Canada was going to increase rates. So Tom, I want to apologize. You're not insane. You got it right this time. Your 50-50 coin flip worked out in your favor. I have my opinions. Why maybe if if you guys want to answer uh maybe around the horn here, uh do you think it was the right move or what do you think drove them to do that at the last may minute maybe changed their mind? Tana, you want to start? Oh, I absolutely I absolutely think it was the right move. Um, we already see prices dropping slightly. I mean, let's not talk about the GTA Toronto. I mean, their prices are high, but they're, you know what? They're a metropolitan city, obviously. Um, but around there, outside of there, the prices have slightly come down and properties on the markets a bit longer buyers are having a hard time qualifying so i feel like you know the bank of canada has this thing where they want to interfere in real estate and they shouldn't but they do um so when i heard that there was no rate increase i did a happy dance i'm like thank you <laughs> you know i'm like buyers go out there go get your recommitment get recommitted as often as you can because do I think it's the last one for this year? I don't. I think there's one more coming. I feel like it's going to happen in November, um, is my personal opinion. But they didn't need to. There was no need to make that increase right now. There was nothing showing that we needed to have an increase right now. I didn't feel like we needed it last time either, but they did it. But I follow Benjamin Tal a lot, and he said the Bank of Canada was going to overshoot it anyways. Uh, they did that. I think they're taking a pause. We're not out of the woods yet. There's one more coming for sure this year. Um, and then hopefully, my hope is it stays steady that way for a couple of months and then we start to see some decrease. So, but yeah. happy they listened. And uh, Stacy. 
I'm doing a happy dance. Uh, I'm going to go against Tanya and say uh, I'm hoping for no more rate increases this year. I think um, the unintended consequence of them increasing so quick was like putting everything to a halt. And yes, it's still grinding along, but uh, things are way down. Stuff isn't selling. And there's the the impact of the economic spinoff. Like the last time we conducted a survey, I think every home sold in the province of, uh, sorry, let's say in Canada, generated 55,000 in economic spinoff. I want to say that was pre-pandemic. I've not seen an up-to-date number. So even say it's 60,000 by the time you have moving costs and, you know, home improvements and lawyers fees and all of that, they can't afford to like do uh, these interventions and slow down the other side, which is all the economic spinoff that comes from real estate. So uh, I think that um, they're going to take a pause. I think uh, there will be one more uh, rate increase, but I think in 2024, we will start to see it come down and stabilize. I don't think we're ever going back to the 2%. Uh, I hope I'm wrong about that, but I just think it was, you know, historically way too low. But I think there's a happy medium between where we are right now and the 2% and that that's where we're going to land. And hopefully uh, we see some stability in that. But I don't have a crystal ball. If I did, I'd be a millionaire uh, somewhere (laughs) living in Bermuda or the Bahamas and not selling real, (laughs) doing realtor wellness. I uh yeah I I thought they were at least done for this year we'll see I think that they've they've put a lot of pressure on a lot of people and I think that it hasn't yet kind of surfaced up yet like a lot of it's still below the surface and we we don't really know how many people are in really tough situations and talking about money openly is a scary situation um so i'm not even necessarily so worried with the variable rate people because they're feeling the pain like they know what it is if they got to sell they got to sell it's gonna be the fixed rates coming up um and i was happy that they held rates but then Right now, the variable is so much higher than the fix that like most people are maybe taking a short term fix anywhere. And the bond yields jumped up yesterday. So the fixed rates went up. It's like, give us something on both sides for once. But, you know, all of us are just taking our best guess. We don't know. We did have an economist on the show, uh, Brendan Augmentson. That must have been early. It was late last year, Steve. Yeah. And he had said, like, if they get inflation to the 2%, that the key rate, the overnight rate is between two and three. We're at five. So at some point, eventually we'll get down to the key rate being, you know, the overnight rate being between two and three, which would put fixed rates probably at like 4% high threes, which seems healthy. Um, But we had it pretty good for a long time. Well, this is why I'm happy we had you on because I could not disagree with you guys more. I didn't want to see it this way. It is this way. I think it's uh it's it's not good for us and I don't know it might be says a the bit guy with a fixed rate for two more years you know it you're might not be feeling a little the bit, pain it might be a little bit confrontational to say so but <laughs> I personally wish it hadn't gone down that way um, I personally wish we would have saw the next quarter point because I do think that um, it would have been really bad for a lot of people um, and I don't want that to be bad for them uh, but I do think we need to to stomp on the inflation thing. And uh, I don't think we're quite there yet. I do think they're going to come back with one. Benjamin Tao came on and said, uh, one September or October, you pick. So they're, it sounds like they're gearing up to pick um, the the October one. I think it's October 25th or something. So that in that respect, um, I don't know. It's it, I think it was just that 
GDP report and then the the jobless not job not what unemployment. Was it? No, it wasn't unemployment. It was the job vacancies. So less okay. jobs are being offered. Uh, those two came out in the same week, and I think that just ha- caused them to uh, to hold off. So um, I think in, there's another one coming. Uh, I think that's probably this is actually probably going to spur on the market here. We're noticing the market picking up right now again. So um, I don't know. I for everybody that listened earlier uh, that I when I agreed with you, uh, they'll be happy I'm disagreeing with you now. So. Uh, Tanya and Stacy, thank you so much uh, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, the last thing I'm going to bring up is you had mentioned that there was like a, a document that Aria had put out that answered a bunch of questions. For anyone that wants to go find that document, where do they find it? Aria.com backslash ORWP. Yeah. Okay. So ORIA.com backslash ORWP. We will. Figure out the we'll link put that and put in it the, down the below in the show notes. And if anybody wants to reach out to the association or you guys or, or whoever, is there a portal that they go to as well that hopefully right after this interview you can send me the link to and we'll put it in the description? I'm sure your inboxes are yeah. pretty uh, vacant right now. There's pretty not a lot cool. of emails coming. Yeah. <laughs> Ontario Realtors know how to get a hold of us, but go to info at aria.com, send your emails, and uh, we'll get back to you. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you both so much for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate this conversation. I thought it was it was awesome. I learned a lot. Uh, I purposely didn't go in depth into learning about because I wanted to have the conversation first. So I appreciate you coming on. Uh, for anybody watching on YouTube, if you've made it this far, I want to say thank you. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you have not already. If you're listening on the audio platforms, make sure to leave us a Google review or not a Google review. That's that's my other side <laughs> of the business. Make sure to leave us an Apple uh, podcast review. We will see you next Sunday. Bye. Thanks, guys. That was awesome.